for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 168 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And, Will, do you ever go outside and look up at the moon and think, uh, I wonder if me and Halls are looking at that same moon right now? Somewhere out there. <clears throat> We're just two Alabama boys recording today. Both of us in Alabama, in wildly different parts of Alabama, but... Yeah, way up top and way down low. Way up top, way down low. Um, man, has it been a week for Star Wars. We got a good bit of stuff to talk about. You guys really came through with the voicemails and the emails this week, so we'll try to get to all of those as well. And uh, we'll just have a good old time talking about Star Wars. I'm in an... What was that? Did he just kick a plate out of the... He broke the salt shaker? Well, that's bad luck. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, uh, guys, I'll be right back. Oh, my God, guys. That's the second time that Walter has broken something behind me on this podcast. It was all Maybe Walter. he's trying to intimidate you. He's Maybe. like, next time, a break of your face. Well, do, were you recording? I know Steve was recording that time. Do you remember when he knocked the cookie jar off the shelf and it shattered behind I, us? I while think we... I may not have been there, but I I, don't, I think I remember that. I it, remember the story. It happened. It, it was real early on in the podcast, like maybe somewhere in the teens or 20s episode number. And then now he's making a comeback, episode 168. I don't know if they could hear that, but it scared oh, the man, shit out of those kick-ass episodes where we had Steve over and he did uh, the quiz in the Star Wars quiz show. Oh, yeah, the trivia. Man. So as I was saying before, my wonderful cat, Walter, so rudely interrupted me. I'm in a real good Star Wars mood this week. Good. There's been a couple of downers. We'll talk about those, but there's also been some pretty kick-ass stuff. Um. Before we get to that, I have got some extended business to give you guys this week. First off, 
our buddy Evan is launching his book, The Scalp Beast, on October 1st. So by the time you hear this, it may already be available. Go and check out his Twitter account, edecellis25 at Twitter, <laughs> at Twitter, on Twitter, and <clears throat> you'll be able to see how you can order uh, a copy of his book. Uh, I ordered two already. Um, yeah, it's E-D-E-C-H-E-L-L-I-S 25. That's his Twitter handle. And you can get a digital copy for 5 bucks or a physical copy for 15 bucks, And all the proceeds will be no- donated to various non-kill animal shelters in the state of Pennsylvania. Look at our buddy Evan. You know I'm going to get behind that. It's helping animals. <clears throat> Secondly, I know I told you guys to go check out your creepy... Uh, the podcast featuring uh, uh, Mrs. Jesse McGarity and Rebecca O'Hanlon. I even put up a special little preview on our feed over the weekend. But guess what? It's contest time. That's right. Giveaway time. This is what you guys got to do. You have to go listen to episode three of You're Creepy on iTunes or Google Play. Right? Somewhere in that episode the ladies are going to drop the secret code word. The first five people who respond to, the, to them through d- direct message on Twitter will win some Blue Harvest prizes. The first person that does it gets a t-shirt and some of our new Super Kia D Bros stickers, and the other four get sticker packs, get Kia D stickers. So if you want some of those limited, very limited Kia D stickers and a t-shirt then make sure to download episode 3 of your creepy listen for the special code word and DM the you creepy on Twitter that's their Twitter account you creepy you creepy <coughs> exactly so uh, now that that extra business is out of the way you know a little something you know you can't just do the same business every time you gotta mix it up a little bit bring something a little special and extra give a helping hand before the business. You know what I'm saying? So, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Our Patreon is live now. We just uploaded episode three of Jaws. This week we have episode five of Blue Harvest Adventures coming, a very special episode. We will be continuing the content train, uh, I believe, week after next. The second episode of Steve versus the prequels will be available. Oh no, it's Hall Solo's second episode will be coming soon. Another Cooking with Will, just around the corner. And then after that, guess what? We've got brand new shows we haven't even debuted yet. Oh my God. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast if you want to try it out. And we are so happy to be part of the, the best, best Jean-Claude Van Damme as podcast network in the entire, entire galaxy. galaxy. The Making Star Wars Podcast Network. <clears throat> we're somehow, we're, we're part of the team. Along with, now this is podcasting Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Podcast 2187, which 
your boy Halls was on this week. If you want to tune in and check that out, I had a good old time. Uh, the Sith List, Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, Idiots Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. Somehow we got the Avengers invite, and they just don't realize that we have no superpowers. Don't tell them we're B-team superpowers, guys. Yeah, I mean, like... If if these guys are the Avengers, you know what I'm saying? If the the if if making Star Wars and and and, and Steel Wars and Rebel Girl and all those guys, they're Avengers. They're like you know Tony Stark, Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, uh, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't even know where we are. We Hawkeye? Probably no, not please. even Hawkeye yet. I'm fucking dog welder. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of something real lame. Some, is some, is Dog Welder DC or Marvel? I don't know. You just pulled some shit out that I wouldn't. Oh shit! You, you don't know who Dog me? Welder is? Dog Welder, you stumped me, my dude. His superpower is welding dead dogs to people's faces. What? Yeah, yeah. It's it it. Or I'm the sentient strip of road, like something, something the street. Hold on, I'm looking up Dog Welder. Oh oh, you can uh you can. You better believe your boy here knows some of the obscure and ridiculous shit. I mean, I feel like I do too, but oh my god, it's real and it's DC. It's DC. My bad. I'm mixing. Who the fuck was like, that's a great idea, dog welder? And why would you, why would you do that to someone? I don't understand. Those poor dogs. I don't really think you can weld skin to skin. I mean, I'm just. You know, I think it's a, I think it's conceptually horrifying. Oh my goodness. Anyways, you really threw me off with that one, buddy. I did. I did. <clears throat> so what you been up to? How's your week been? It's been good. It's been real good. Down oh. here in Mobile visiting my mom. Mobile, Alabama, A. Not a bad little town. No, not at all. Not a bad town at all. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much to report on this week. Weather's been kind of shitty here. Drove around in yeah, the rain. Yeah, it's been lots of rain. Yeah, I drove around in the rain all day Thursday. I was soaked when I got home from work. And then Wednesday, you know, <clears throat> I stay home and, and do home from work on Wednesday. And so I got up and, uh, you know, was just getting all my stuff together and downloaded and situated to start work for the day. Our power went out, and then it Man. Pr- proceeded to go on, off and on till like 3 or 4 in the afternoon. It would come on for like maybe an hour and then go off for like an hour, hour and a half. It was so frustrating. <coughs> so yeah, that put a real uh, wrench in getting work done on Wednesday. And power and internet are hard to keep stable in your neck of the woods. Well, you know, normally, uh, to be honest, we don't normally have that big of a problem with uh, our power going out. We can have really bad storms, and our power won't flicker once. And it wasn't even raining that bad on Wednesday. I don't know what the deal was. Now, internet, internet, your squirrel decides to commit suicide. Internet, you are one hundred percent right right about. It seems like we go through these stages of being like, man, the internet's running really well, and then. It does not. <clears throat> so you want to talk a little Star Wars? Oh yeah, I watched uh, I watched Solo again. 
I watched Infinity War on Voodoo. Mm-hmm. All good stuff. All good stuff. Just, just sad. Watching Solo, it just made me sad that there's not going to be an, a follow-up. Like, so psyched about how he portrayed Han Solo. So psyched about Lando and the potential for those stories to keep going and just bummed. Just bummed. I mean, I, I the reason watching Solo bums me out is because it's so good. It's not because Solo is bad. Like, I watch Solo and I'm like, oh, man, that was really good. Yeah. Mas, por favor. I don't know that, you know, I don't know that it's completely out of the question. Um, totally. I, I just, the thing is, is at the very least, I think we would get books or comics or something that can send you that story. But I don't really want that. I know that may sound like petty or or like selfish or something, but I, I would rather it be in some sort of live action form. I mean, no, that's the Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing. Like, it's fine that they did the eighth season in comic books. That's kick ass. But I would have much rather seen it. Mm-hmm. They, um, you know those continuing Buffy series? That shit's still going on. They're on like season 11 or 12 now. In Damn. the comics. Is Xander still relevant? Honestly, I don't know. I haven't read any past some of the season eight stuff it was one of those things where i was like oh this is cool more buffy stories but then i just couldn't really get into it like i don't know what's it well i mean joss whedon didn't write season nine through 11 right honestly i don't know he probably had some um no i i know for a fact he had some input on the comics but I don't know how much, you know what I mean? I doubt he was like writing out every script. I'm sure it was just sort of like consulting and be like, yeah, I would do that or I wouldn't do this type of thing. But other than that, I don't really know. <clears throat> so the first thing we're going to start off is a little bit of a bummer news. Um, there is a figure in the sort of earlier history of Star Wars who... Um, is very important to the story of the making of Star Wars. I just sort of like fucking talk that in a circle. Poor form. Um, I'm still I'm still waiting. And that is producer Gary Kurtz. Oh yeah. And unfortunately, this week Gary Kurtz passed away. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> for you guys that don't know, Gary Kurtz produced uh, American Graffiti. With George Lucas, and then, of course, went on to work on Star Wars with him. He worked on uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and then basically had sort of a falling out with Lucas. They didn't see eye to eye on the direction of Return of the Jedi, and he felt, at least from what's been reported and stuff, that he felt that the um, merchandising and commercialization aspect aspect of star wars became more important than the story and mm -hmm. so he uh, sort of went his separate way uh, apparently he's the individual uh responsible for the title the empire strikes back oh wow um and after star wars he went on to produce the dark crystal which is uh, another really kick-ass movie so clearly a very talented guy very important to the making of this universe that we love so much. So our hats off to Gary Kurtz. It's a shame that he passed away. 
Um, if you want to read a really good write-up on sort of the history of Gary Kurtz and his relationship with George Lucas and stuff, go check out what Jason wrote on MakingStarWars.net. He did a really good job. Um, so, see you in another life, brother. Hope you're making more kick-ass movies in, like, the lost sideways world or whatever the hell goes on after all this. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, so, uh, the next thing that happened this week was we got another Star Wars Resistance trailer. And Star Wars Resistance is coming up real soon. That's like, uh, a week from Sunday. It's coming in hot. Yeah, and apparently, that Sunday, we will have the ability to watch four episodes. So, they're doing an hour premiere, which is basically two episodes, and then a Two additional episodes will be available on the Disney Now app and on demand after that airs. So basically, they're putting up the first four episodes. So it's a good little. When chunk are we of getting stuff. the Disney app? When's the Disney streaming service coming? Uh, fall next year. Okay. So like a year from now. Yeah, honestly, that's probably you're probably right on with that. About a year from now, the Disney Play service or whatever it's going to be called. Um, we'll be able to get our hands on that. They have such problems, not problems, but like some, whenever they come out with something new, Disney has to take forever to name it or brand it. Or, you know, they had the Disney XD, which is not the Disney channel for a little, it's the Disney channel for preteen, you know, teens or whatever. Yeah. And you the know, Disney I'm, app or now it's D now or whatever. I don't know. It's well, yeah, because, because originally it was like. I think it was, I think you're right, it was just called the Disney app, where you could watch, like, it's like, you know, the CBS app or whatever that you connect with your cable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where, like, you sign in with your cable account. <clears throat> um, that, you were able to, you know, watch Rebels and stuff on, and then they changed that app to, like, Disney Now or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they do go sort of back and forth. It's it's like Netflix going through user interfaces. There was a while there. Every time I signed into Netflix, I had a new user interface. Yeah, and some you know the the worst interface change I've ever seen in the history of interface changes was Hulu. I used to dig, really. I haven't been on Hulu in a really long time. I used to really dig the Hulu interface on like Xbox and stuff. I wasn't, you know, when I say dig, I wasn't like, oh man, this is the best interface I've ever seen. Like, this user interface gets me off so hard. Oh man, but just flip through these tabs. They, uh, it, it was so easy to navigate. Use find what I'm looking for, and then they've changed it. And to this day, I have problems navigating that thing. It's garbage. And I don't understand how can somebody go from a great user interface to a shit one like. It should be only improvements. Holy shit. So, you know how, for the past two or three weeks, I was going to say we, but we'll be honest here, it was mainly me. We were talking about Spider-Man's dick. Yeah. Have you heard about this Batman thing? No, what? Oh my goodness. So, um, several people started hitting me up on Twitter and being like, you know how you guys were talking about Spider-Man's dick a lot? Check this out. So apparently there's a new Batman comic that came out um, in the last couple of weeks. 
I'm trying to find. I've been getting hit up by some trolls on Twitter this evening. Um, so I'm trying really? to scroll through. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. It's idiots that are mad about a news story we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I just saw a new one. Okay, I found it. So our buddy Chase was the first one I ran across that tagged me in it. I know a bunch of people tagged me in this. They knew this was my kind of story. So there's a new Batman story that came out called Batman Damned, right? Okay. Uh, and it's sort of uh, part of this um, um, more adult-oriented DC line that they're, I guess, too, and kind of like back in the day when Marvel did Marvel Max. I'm sending you a picture. Uh, don't look at it around any family members or anything. Not safe for work. Not safe for work, indeed. But apparently, according to this picture I just sent you, it straight up shows off Batman's bat dong. And I gotta say, well done, Batman. I mean, I guess I didn't expect. I guess I didn't expect any less. I mean, I'm not that impressed. He looks... I mean, he looks relatively normal. Yeah, but that ain't hard. It's not... No, I'm just saying. It's not like he's got a big Hulk penis or something. It looks... Uh, but I bet you... Standard equipment. I don't know, man. That that looks like it's probably pretty Im impressed when it's... uh When it's... uh. You seem like you're impressed. I am. I have been for days now. I was like, look at that bat meat. My man, my God. Anyways, <clears throat> back to Star Wars. So the Star Wars <laughs> Resistance trailer came out. It looked pretty good. Um, it was, however, followed up with one of the most boneheaded, tone-deaf things I've ever seen someone do on social media. Oh, really? So in the Star Wars Resistance trailer... We get our first look at General Leia, voiced by who we talked before, uh, Rachel Butera, would be right. doing her voice. And immediately known for anything else that I would know. Besides uh, she was yeah. uh, on the Howard Stern show. Apparently, she did Rocky, the newer Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons. Um, she's sort of, you know, becoming a more well-known voice actress, I guess. Right. <sighs> well. So every, immediately afterwards, the immediate reaction I saw on Twitter were like, wow, the lady they got to play Leia does such a good job. She sounds just like Carrie Fisher in the sequel trilogy. And I'll give her props. She does indeed sound just like Leia. Not even, I don't, I don't know the exact timeline. Within a couple of hours of that trailer dropping, she was on her Twitter account doing a vocal impression mocking dr ford from the senate hearing the day the oh. senate hearing was going on during her testimony oh man how dumb that's you, just about as dumb as it gets and oh my god like you're mocking a victim of sexual abuse you know i don't you know why you know and, and literally not like, even not even political stance wise like it doesn't matter the the just boneheaded the story about you the voice actress moments before was positive people were like wow she's doing such a great job being leia and like people that is a role that if you don't do well people are gonna notice people hold 
Leia very close to you know what i'm saying like it's a precious thing we lost her exactly unexpectedly and and rightfully so you know that people would uh be precious with leia in the star wars universe and be like no i want this done right or done correctly right and then oh my god and now you know rightfully so people are saying she should be um replaced in the role now i don't know how it works i don't know if they could replace her uh, for this season, is the season in the can to a point where they couldn't go in and replace her? I honestly, I'd imagine I'd imagine they keep whatever they've got recorded and pick somebody else for whatever they don't have recorded. Right. Um, I can't see them wasting the money to re re-record. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. See, the thing is, is if she's in the first episode with it coming out next Sunday. Is there enough time to do that? Even if if they There's wanted no to, time, man. Honestly, I, I I don't. Honestly, I don't even know if their what their strategy is as far as a second season. It still seems odd to me. I've said this before. It, you keep going. Sorry. Um, it still seems odd to me that they're debuting this show on the Disney Channel when they have a Disney app coming out next year. year. Now. You know, they could always want content for both. You know what I mean? Where Resistance will be on Disney Channel and Clone Wars and the live action show will be on Well, the I imagine app. maybe they're trying to build a base for the first season. And then the second season, there's a big wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, for the second season on the next, on the streaming app. So they've basically trying to guide the masses over. Right. That, that could be the case. Hook it them could... with anything to bring them. It could also be the case where uh, the Disney app will will act sort of like Netflix, where a couple of months after a season airs on the Disney Channel, it'll show up on the app. You know, Star Wars Resistance, I mean. I mean, yeah, that's the... You would think because that's the status quo, right? Yeah, I mean, they could. <clears throat> there's several ways they could approach that. I just always thought it weird was weird. I kind of thought they might hold off on debuting a new animated show until... Um, the app was out, but I can also understand why they. It's the to... one facet of Star Wars that is endlessly profitable. You know, Star Wars for the children. <laughs> yeah. And I... toy sales. You can't. There should be no lapse. I'm just thinking about it from a corporate perspective. Mm-hmm. You stick with the formula that works. You know, just because the movies and their releases had a hiccup doesn't mean. You know, television production and toy production needs to stop. It needs to keep going full steam. Right. The one thing I would say about that, and this is not a knock against Rebels, um, I don't particularly know that Rebels was successful in that regard. Because I get a feeling that if Rebels was super successful in sort of the merchandising of Rebels, that we would have gotten a lot more Rebels merchandise. Like, they never did a ghost. Like a vehicle. But that's the thing. I think that's that was their fault. How many seasons in and you haven't put out the main vehicle of the show? I mean, that should have been season one. Right. I, well, see, because because I feel like toy sales can also drive popularity of your show. I I can definitely see that. Now they they totally had a sort of a mix up or a a, a fumbling of rebels to start off with because when that show came out you couldn't find the figures anywhere. Like I was looking for them. They were nowhere to be found. Um, And some of them are still sort of expensive on the secondary market. 
and apparently, do you remember when there was that whole like um, dock workers strike over on the West Coast? I do remember that. Yeah. Apparently, that had part was part of the reason that you couldn't find some of the rebel stuff is because you know it gets shipped from China where oh, they manufacture out there on the docks. Yeah, it wasn't getting offloaded off the docks uh, because of the strike and stuff. Now, I can't say for sure that that's why. I just remember hearing that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they, you know, when you sit and look at all of the Rebels merchandise that was produced, there's not a ton of it. There's plenty of of main characters or, you know, bigger characters that they never made figures for. They hardly made any vehicles. So it's kind of weird. I mean, to me, I'm very out of touch with the Rebels uh merchandise so for me really the only two that i remember were uh sabine's helmet i felt like that was a good one right mm-hmm. or matt slash mask you know i don't think it was the full helmet right and ezra's blaster lightsaber that's those are the two popular items that i remember from the rebels toy line and you know i oh, mean did, of course the figures and all a bunch of other stuff but did they do uh, uh ezra's lightsaber i can't i remember. thought they did they I could be totally have. wrong. They might have done like a, a... But if they didn't, oh my God, a missed opportunity. Kanan's lightsaber. Ezra's lightsaber. Mm-hmm. I don't think they did Kanan's. I mean, talk mm-hmm. about a missed opportunity. One that comes apart. And okay, they, a nifty little... They never did... Um, as far as I know, they never did like a season three version of Kanan, you know, where he's got the mask on that covers up his eyes after his eyes yeah. get messed up. I don't ever remember them doing that. Um like I said, a goat. I would have been all about a ghost vehicle. I love Star Wars toy ships, and the ghost would have been a cool ship to have. It, it may have been the idea that Rebels was aimed at an older, less toy buying audience. Okay, but even if it was, oh my God, I just feel like such missed opportunity. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because, to be honest, I don't know that. How do you have a Star Wars show and not make the main ship? And they did I mean, so the main mu- ship. They did so much clone. Like, I've been wanting to go back and collect some of the Clone Wars figures. Like, with Clone Wars coming back, I'm, like, all hyped on it. I've been re-watching it and stuff. And they did so much Clone Wars merchandise. Now, to be fair, during the time that Clone Wars was coming on it was pretty much the only new star wars we were getting so hasbro didn't have to worry about you know producing force awakens rogue one the last jedi solo and rebels <laughs> all at the same time you know what i mean it was just clone wars if they wanted to put new characters and in, in new quote-unquote product out it had to be from clone wars you know and i mean this is not me shortchanging them but it's in the title it's the clone wars dude you're making money printing stormtroopers with you know, you know the same face and all you got to do is change up the paint on the helmet or change up the paint on the face like you know all the different kind of clones i can only imagine yeah the rex the cody the well Audi, and, and the all the different the, jedi you know like oh yeah and they and they did you know lines and sort of that that looked sort of in that it, it's actually really cool like when you look at the figures they did some really cool neat stuff in the clone wars line and i feel like that's because of the design the way the art style in which the characters were designed lended itself incredibly well to toy design yeah that, um, for sure the angular kind of i don't want to say cell shaded but uh 
I, I don't know my animation terms, but however, Clone Wars is designed. Well, it that, almost that, that looked blocky, angular Batman, Superman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. To I me, don't know what that style. Clone Wars. Certain parts of Clone Wars almost look like they're car, like they're really intricate wood carvings. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't know if that that makes sense, but apparently, yeah, like they they're obviously 3D models, but they're shaded in a way that I don't know looks looks already like a toy. They kind of already look like toy figures moving around. And they did ships. They did, you know. Uh, the Jedi starfighters, the main carrier, yeah, uh, main characters, all kinds of clones. They did, you know, all the different Mandalorians that show up. They did, M, you know, the different bounty hunters. It was a really cool line, and honestly, I'm probably gonna dive in eventually and really start tracking down some of those figures because they're they're not too bad now. Mm-mm. Um, <clears throat> so we have one more really big piece of news to talk about. Yeah, it's actually why I'm I'm catching a little troll heat on Twitter right now. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I was maybe gloating a little bit. <laughs> so, Basket in your own glory. Some, um, how would I say this? A less than reputable um, YouTube sources over the past few months have been going crazy, um, saying like Kathleen Kennedy gets is going to get fired in September. September's the month. And they'd post real shitty memes about how the healing can start now. We're geeks and gamers. We're going to fight against Kathleen Kennedy. Replace her with Dave Filoni. Oh, Kathleen Kennedy's going to get fired in September. You see the point I'm, I'm stressing here? It's the exact same point they were trying to stress. Kathleen Kennedy is going to be fired in September. Hey, Will, what's today? Today, I believe, is September the 28th. Would you say it's probably, you know, the last Friday of... Um, oh, yeah. You know, like... Monday is the first. As far October. as entertainment news and stuff goes, like, if you're going to get it out in the month of September, you probably want to do it by today, because Monday's the it's first. It's now or never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, did we get some news this week. Or oh, today. Oh, boy. Came straight from the Hollywood Reporter, who, if you guys remember, just uh, a week or so ago had that article with... Um, Mr. Bob Iger talking about taking the blame for sort of Solo's performance and slowing down on Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. We talked about it. Well, now the Hollywood Reporter is that is Hollywood. I'm so excited. I'm stumbling over my words. The Hollywood Reporter is reporting that Kathleen Kennedy has signed on, has extended her contract for an additional three years through 2021. Oh, can you feel that? <laughs> oh, uh, I was about to say that's uh that's really worded funny for a firing letter, like right? That's uh, uh, that's worded really funny for severance. Kathleen, can doot, 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 doot. Kathleen, can you come to my office? Uh, oh, are you busy? You're busy working on future Star Wars. Okay, um, we just wanted to let you know that we're gonna fire you. Um, well, we're not really gonna for- fire you. We're just gonna um. We're not going to re- renew your contract in three years. Like, we're, we're going to give you three more years, but then, you know, maybe we won't resign. If, if you we want to stick around. We could possibly maybe hire you again if you want to stick around. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if, if you're like, hey, I got more work I want to do, then maybe, you know, 2024. We'll see what happens. Ugh. The lady has, I mean, see, here's the thing for me. The lady has been such a good steward of Lucasfilm 
you know, in her whole capacity there, I'm not sure what you could be unhappy about. And it's, I guess it's just because I'm not a troll that hates my own life, but, you know, or has a problem with women. But I, I like everything she's done. I like everything she's produced. I like everything she's been a part of. I've, I'm supportive of what's going on. And I guess I'm just not sure what there is to bitch about. But I mean, that's well, that's the Star Wars fan base in a nutshell. What's funny about this is like, you know, I'm not I, sure what there is. To... I'll be honest. I kind of stirred the pot a little bit on Twitter, mainly because it's just so sweet seeing assholes like this take a pie to the face. You know what I mean? So juicy. And, and, and we're not talking about people that are like, I didn't like The Last Jedi. Screw me, you know, screw you. I didn't like we're talking about people that have been using terms like Kathleen Kennedy as a glorified secretary. Yeah, they say shit like this and say, um, you know, they they just go out of their way to be vile, hateful pieces of shit. right? Right. And they are so certain. Believe me, we've got sources inside Lucasfilm that said Kathleen Kennedy is being fired in September. And so I stirred the pot a little bit and. Then people are like, oh, well, well, what do you have against their opinions about Star Wars? This is nothing about your fucking opinion on Star Wars. This is about your bad behavior and being an asshole online. And trying to enrage a fucking dickless fanboy, small percentage of the fan base that's like, oh, we hate Kathleen Kennedy. You know what I mean? Trying to, to you know, like galvanize really a sexist outlook on a property that I don't know deserves that like no it doesn't and it's just and it's what a lot of this is it's people capitalizing on the segment of the fandom that threw a hissy fit about the last Jedi and knew that they could make some sort of monetary gain on their outrage you know what I mean a lot of this is people that before and in a couple of years we'll give no shit about star wars they'll be moved they'll, on to whatever else is you whatever know, else needs venom right you know whatever else needs to be poisoned right what, they'll they will have moved on from and, this well and honestly poison another well if you're a huge marvel fan uh i would say watch out because they're probably going to turn their sights to captain Ooh. marvel uh when that comes out because guess what really fucking chaps their fucking little weenies it's like strong ladies in movies strong women women in power and they've already they've already started sort of this real fucking stupid dialogue about she didn't smile once in that trailer oh she should smile more fuck off fuck off she should smile more yeah that's 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 about the sexist (laughs) thing that you can say to a woman like yeah well they're so Marvel fans, well, watch out. Decent. They will, they'll switch their focus eventually. And yeah, and be careful, you know, the Marvel fan base because you're coming up with a shift in paradigm. You know, you've got Captain Marvel, but then after that, uh, Infinity War 2 is going to end it and, you know, they're going to have a new direction. And guaranteed, there's going to be somebody shitting in the breakfast cereal of the new direction Marvel's taken after Infinity War, whatever the next phase is. But yeah. really, I know what you're talking about, about like uh, like stoking the fire with mm-hmm. trolls. It's, it's, sometimes it's enjoyable to get that shit back because when it's just so delicious. This one is, that's what it is. Like this one I couldn't own. avoid. Like it's just so They're delicious. so mad. Yeah. The shit you get back. 
you know, is so petty, so it juvenile. Is. Oh, you just you're, you're loving it. You you should be above this. They're just stating their opinion. No, that is not an opinion. Saying Kathleen Kennedy is going to be fired in September, that's not an opinion. They're stating that as a false fact to rile up people who are not smart enough to see that they're being fucking manipulated by scummy ass non-talent non-talented blowhard hacks on youtube like baby hacks <laughs> exactly and if if you can't recognize that that's that they're manipulating you and that they're using you to uh, further their monetization on youtube and to get clicks and and just be outraged like you, that's your fault my, my my dudes that's all on you Look, you want to be an asshole and peddle bullshit on YouTube, that's you. That's on you. But when you start trying to make people believe that your bullshit is real, I mean, you're just a con artist. I mean... Yeah, that's what they selling, are. They're fucking selling con lies. artists. You're they're fucking modern-day snake oil salesmen. They're like yeah. goop. You you know what goop is? It's Gwyneth Paltrow's website where she oh, sells like... Oh, yeah, with all, all the wholesome... Well, she sells weird shit. Like, I wasn't aware of this. She sells shit like psychic vampire repellent spray. Right, right. Okay, Thing these things called vaginal eggs. I saw that. Like, that that ladies... That they're like stones. Yeah, use, and it's supposed to like... They got sued. They got sued for that because they apparently made like medical claims that they should not have been allowed where? to make. This can hurt you, you know, if you're not accurately using Crazy. It I didn't realize that was a thing. I saw another podcast cover it, and I was like, oh, my God. Psychic vampire repellent? Shoo. I got your psychic vampire repellent right here. Let me, I can do it for you. <clears throat> Be gone. Be gone, bitch. All right. So, um, you want to do some voicemails and some emails? Because like no, I, I said, do. our listeners, mm, our fucking mm, moisture farmers, I hope you're celebrating along with us. Like, uh, you know, uh, whether you uh, liked Solo, uh, whether you uh, liked uh -huh. The Last Jedi, whether you liked The Force Awakens, whether you liked Rogue One, we don't care. Just be fucking decent to each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Like and what if you, you don't like. like Kathleen Kennedy, that's fine. Like, I'm not telling you you have to. Like, you can hope she gets fired, and that's fine. Like, mm -hmm. we're talking about people that come out and peddle lies. And because it, it was about, their opinion, they were like, "Oh, I really hope Kathleen Kennedy gets fired," and that comes out as she's getting fired in September. I know, I'm in the know. Exactly, and like, it's more about the motivation behind not liking Kathleen Kennedy that is right. is the problem, and we know what that motivation is for these people. Of course, we do. <laughs> All right, well, give me just a second. We're gonna. We're going to cleanse the room. We're going to do a little uh, toxic YouTuber spray with a little musical ditty. It's, Burn some some Star Wars saves. Mm, get out of here, fucking ding-dongs. Oh, no. Here we go. You dingus. You dingus. Oh, oh, I like that. Oh, my God. It's, I picked the wrong thing. <laughs> oh. mm, mm. Happy birthday. Oh, man. You you can ask Jesse. I have been all smiles this afternoon. And she'd be like, what? I'll just, she'll come in the room. I'll just be like giggling to myself. She'd be like, what's it's so like, funny? And I'll be like, oh, it's just so delicious. It's like taking the first sip of an ice cold Sprite. Yes. You're just like, mm, so refreshing. 
only Jedi master who can crash box candy. Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his bud. Candy! Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Candy! Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? <laughs> He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! Luherb! Cockhead! Harsberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! K&D! Cockhead! Cockhead! Here from some voicemails first. We got two voicemails this evening. First up, we got our our regular voicemail buddy, Nostra Thomas, the king of all toms, King Tom. And we have a new voicemailer, Royal Farm Boy. So we'll hear from him as well and hear what he has to say. First up, we got our buddy King Tam. King Tom? Buddy? There you hey, are. Hey, Haas and Will. It's King Tom. The reason I'm calling this week is Star Wars comics. Now, I know, I think on this week's Rogue One, Haas said that he doesn't, you know, don't doesn't read the comic books anymore. And I can, I can understand that because the books, when they started under Marvel, they kind of were, were spotty. Let's just say that. But they've really turned things around. They've had some really good miniseries. The main Star Wars comic series, the artwork is very questionable, but that's changing soon. The storyline is great. Um, Dr. Aphra is a, is a very good, interesting, original character with some solid stories. The current run of Vader, uh, it gets better every issue. It's, it's awesome, and I've not heard anyone say anything bad about that. But the real reason I'm calling, um, or the, 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 the real comic I want to talk about is the Poe Dameron series which had its last issue come out this week. And I, I, I know I'm kind of more talking than asking a question, but it's this, the, the, the final issue of Poe is a big turnaround from a series that started off with a giant egg that turned into a Godzilla that fought another Godzilla from a similar egg. <laughs> um, the series got into back round on the, the resistance what poe is up to before the force awakens then it transitioned these last five or six months maybe it's been telling a story about what happened after the last jedi you know you have leia poe ray finn on the millennium falcon chewy some of the conversations they had and it really answered you know a lot of people were asking during last jedi what happened to um black squadron snap wexley jess pava um, all those pilots and this series these last five issues really get it they were on a secret mission and it kind of says how the resistance got back in touch with them and this last issue it really wraps up the series nicely it answers some things that you know were, were raised in the last jedi and, and continues a few conversations that were had then and and i just have to say i i recommend it highly and if you ever want to get back into star wars comics give the last six five or six issues of the current Poe Dameron series a try and then try Vader um, but I and you know if, if you could do something like Marvel Unlimited where you just pay a flat, flat fee even if you have to catch up with them six months late that's still a good deal 
but they, they are definitely telling some stories worth reading, some good stories. And like I said, you know, this is the only thing we have right now after The Last Jedi, and it, it might be laying ground for Episode Nine. it might not, but either way, it's worth trying. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, you know, I've been getting the urge to give the Star Wars comics another shot. I've taken a decent break from them. Um, I think the approach I'm going to take is... Uh, I've been kind of looking at iPads. I want to get an iPad sometime in the not-too-distant future. Um, for one, I can use it for some podcast stuff, but I also kind of want it to just stick around on. And when I do that, I think I am going to subscribe to Marvel Unlimited and then maybe just start getting my comics digitally. Because that, <clears throat> I think, will be a little easier for me to keep up with and maintain if I'm not having to make constant trips to the comic store and stuff. Because uh, once I started running out of time with work and recording all these damn podcasts and stuff, it got kind of hard to make those weekly or bi-weekly trips to the comic store. <clears throat> yeah, it's um, part of the mystique of getting comics is going to the store. You know, seeing the other stuff that the store has that maybe you haven't seen, but it definitely seems like it takes a chunk out of your time, especially when you got to go across town. It's not like the comic book store is close to where you live. And uh, if you have them down on a, uh, an iPad, you know, that would make perfect sense. I, the, you know, I haven't read a lot of comics in a while, but, but one of my bigger comic pushes when I was reading comics on my laptop, I had a program I read, I read the three hundreds and I read the dark Knights and the dark Knight returns and whatever. And, yeah, I think you were hooking me up with comics. Yeah, um, at the end of the day, I would probably prefer to have the physical comics, but it's, yeah, it's also becoming an issue of space for me because that's like collecting movies. I'd yeah. rather have the Blu-ray, but it's you know become an issue of because I you know where do I keep them all and right? I love physical media. I love. Um, physical comic books i do like they give me so much joy to get those little fucking comics and just read through them they remind me of being a kid like even if it's not a great comic i just enjoy reading a comic looking at the art and stuff but you know like we cleaned out one of the clo uh, the, the closets here at the house like a year ago and i got rid of so many comics man like wow. i have so many like rubber made bins filled with comics just from the throughout the years of different eras of comic book collecting that I went through and like you know there's ones I'll never get rid of you know what I'm saying like I'm never going to get rid of anything Star Wars related or Spider-Man related or X-Men related but even with all like trying to cut out everything else like that still left me with a ton of comics so at a certain point I just need to be realistic about it and maybe stick to digital um I think that and the would one be thing I fear about that is that Whoever provides you with the digital copy can can tell you your time's up. You know, like let's say you buy the digital copy of the movie on, uh, let's just say Hulu, and then whoever owns the movie pulls the rights from Hulu, so you can no, you know, you no longer have have access to the media that you paid for permanent access to, yeah. which is kind of messed up. And that does happen sometimes with like movies. <gasps> It doesn't seem to happen that often, to be honest. And I think it's less of a risk with comics, mainly because I would be buying them directly from Marvel. 
and using right. Marvel's app. It's not like through a third-party service or something. You right, know there's I mean? no risk of that with that. But <sighs> I'll be to, honestly still with movies, I guess it's because I'm an old man. I, also, I still prefer to buy the Blu-ray. Yeah, me too. Like, uh, Especially with... And, and I don't do a lot of movie buying anymore. I used to do a lot more. Um, but... You know, at least for like Star Wars and and stuff like that, I like to have the physical version. I I don't know that in, until they're just no longer manufactured and you can't get your hands on them. Like I don't know that I'll ever fall out of that physical movie thing. Yeah, um, that's uh, that was kind of what I was just gonna say was, you know, the next step from Blu-ray obviously was 4K, you know, and I but it's still a CD, you know, it's still yeah. a disc, compact disc. But so I wonder, I wonder what the next medium will be, if not none altogether. If if the transver the transition to all digital is coming, I guess. Yeah, and and I'm still sort of split on movies or, or on video games. To be honest, like once again, I kind of prefer to have the physical video game, but sometimes I don't yeah. feel like going to GameStop or wherever to buy a game, so I'll buy it digitally. Oh right, you know. So I have sort of a weird uh, mix of digital and physical copies of video games especially on this sort of this generation and there are certain titles that i prefer to have hard copy and some that i don't care that much like um i don't know something that i think may stay in the in my library for a long time i'll keep on disc yeah (laughs) all right so we got a another voicemail and like i said it's from a new New caller. I guess that's what you could say. New caller. New voicemailer. New vocal performance artist. This is Royal rural, rural Fanboy. Farm boy. Damn. I'm tripping all over this one. Sorry, buddy. Here we go. Let's hear what he has to say. Dang. Is his voicemail not working? Fucking Spaceship Burkhart podcast student. Oh, here we go. How do, Hodge and Will? I'm Anthony. You also know me as Rural Farm Boy. Longtime listener of your fine show. Why the hell it took me this long to send you folks something? Well, I'm here to rectify that now. Just finished your most recent episode, 167, and somewhere in the midst of the discussion, Hawes had brought up the topic of information that don't have a Lucasfilm header on it. And when we get that kind of information, how it tends to run all abouts. Good example would be the Obi-Wan film, that supposed standalone film. Now what, that's been running around for a year and a half, and we run it all over the place, some of us have. But it was never had a Lucasfilm header on it to say that it was a thing. And I'd be very hopeful that folks would be much more mindful of that every time we hear about a thing. If they don't say it's a thing, it ain't a thing until they say it is, if it ever is. Maybe here's a thing in relation. Is just from this farm boy's perspective. I take all Star Wars as stories, be they films, the books, the comics, love them all. But can either of you or anybody else tell me what of any of them is about what we want? 
is out of 41 years of all manner of different Star Wars stories, ain't one of them ever been about what we want. And any Star Wars that is about what we want, well, then be called fan, fan films, fan fiction. All right, that's, that's the end of this Farm Boys Ramblings. Love you both, my Star Wars friends. May the Force be with you. See you on radio. Well, dang, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in, Anthony. Did you hear? At first, I thought he had like put together some slick sound editing to make it sound like the crickets and stuff were in the background. Yeah, no, that's real. That's no. uh... makes me. You know what? I haven't done in a long time. Hang out on a porch. Mm, really? I love I love a good hanging out on the porch. Mm-hmm. It's getting to be bonfire weather. I think it's appropriate. It is. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. Uh, to address his first thing, I you know I mentioned it last week. I still totally think it's something we need to be a little more careful about. Um, is the taking, you know, news and rumors from reputable sources is one hundred percent fact. Until yeah. it's confirmed by Lucasfilm. Now, I don't think it, most of the time, like when people are talking about, say, the Obi-Wan movie or the Boba Fett movie that we heard, you know, Stephen Daldry was going to direct Obi-Wan. James Mangold was going to direct Boba Fett, you know? <clears throat> I don't think anybody's being malicious or, or meaning to misinform when they talk about those things. I think it just comes from a place of excitement. We're excited to hear that they might actually do this Obi-Wan movie, so we don't stop to be like, well, they that's not officially announced, you know? Yeah. And and part of it, I mean, I know we might hype it up, but that's just because we're excited. We're excited about hearing about this kind of stuff and the oh, possibility yeah. that it could actually happen. I mean, we oh, know yeah. we know that it could very well not happen. But it's, it's you know, it's a statement it's I totally agree with. It's fun to talk about, it's, speculate. Yeah. yeah, but we, you know, it's it's best to err on the side of caution when being like, you can't say definitively, oh, James Mangold's doing the Boba Fett movie. Right. Because definitively right. that hasn't been announced and it hasn't even been addressed by anyone at Lucasfilm as being, you know, sort of official or anything. Uh, as far as his other thing goes, I agree with that too, man. Like, I think you can go back and listen to our, uh, the history of our show and when we discuss, you know, any of the movies that we've gotten since 2015, our ideas about what are happen are going to happen and what we want to happen a lot of times that shit doesn't line up. You know what I mean? But I like an element of surprise to my Star Wars movie. If I thought, you know, this is it should be what Star Wars is doing, then I'd try to get a job at Lucasfilm. But at the end of the day, I'm just a super hyper fan of Star Wars, and I'm down for whatever they want to give me. Some of it's going to connect, some of it's not. Honestly, from fucking 35 years of experience, most of it connects with me, you know? It is yeah. a very small percentage where I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely not for me. And, you know, I'm all right with that, man. There's so much that I do like that when something small comes around that I'm not a huge fan of, doesn't really bother me that much. Yeah. The thing I'll say is, um, you know, you, he was talking about why don't we get more of the, you know, what we want, which is called basically labeled as fan films or stuff like that. And I would say, you know, kind of in the vein of what you said, 
you know, if you know what to expect when you're going into something, you're not surprised. And therefore, I guess the term it becomes is pandering. You know, you're pandering to the audience instead of making fresh creative art. You know, if 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 you feel like the fan base just wants to see 45-minute lightsaber fights and every movie is a 45-minute lightsaber fight, then, like, are you really making art or are you just rehashing the same stuff and, right. and, and spoon-feeding the people exactly what they want? So I feel like, I mean, there's a certain amount of that that does need to happen, you know, satisfying the cravings of the fan base, but I don't think that should ever be sacrificed for creating new and progressive and ever-changing art that pushes the boundaries. Because once you stop pushing the boundaries, you're not, you're not making anything new. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, you don't want something to become sort of stale. You know what I mean? And, like, right. I've seen it in franchises and things I love before. Like, you know, I'm a huge fan of sort of, like, 80s horror movies and 80 horror, 80s horror movie icons. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, we got we didn't get as many of those movies as we possibly could have because they were kind of all the same. You know what I mean? Like each sequel was just sort of more of the same. They didn't really shake things up that much. And you could also say, well, 80s horror, that's sort of one note. Really, what could they do? But I don't feel like you have that with Star Wars. Star Wars, there's so much room to grow and evolve and change that you can keep it new and fresh. And you're going to get pushback from that because people don't like change. And, you know, I think that just comes with the territory. Like, if you want more Star Wars, Star Wars has to change. Or Star Wars lifespan is going to be way shorter than it could be, you know? You're right. All right, next up, we got an email from our, our friend Eric Struthers. 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 Gentlemen, the email last week regarding different orders in which to view the Star Wars movies reminded me of something that I stumbled into by chance a couple of weeks ago when I was asked a similar question. The idea of the machete order is intriguing for sure, but what if we go a little deeper? I would suggest this is a viewing order for newbies. Even veterans would probably dig this. A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, up to the scene where Luke is with Vader on the deck on Endor, ending with later's, later Vader's line, It's too late for me, son. Boom. Then, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. Back to Return of the Jedi, picking up with Vader's line, the Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. He is your master now. I think this would put a lot of weight on Anakin's fall and his hopelessness for the situation. It would also add power to Luke's task at hand by coming right back into the scene after seeing Anakin become Darth Vader. What do you guys think? Neat idea or the ravings of a lunatic? Thanks for reading and keep up the great work on the Patreon content. It's some of the best exclusive content of all the pods I support, and it's well worth the cost. You guys rule. And Jesse, you're a fantastic, fantastic addition to the crew. Your new podcast with Rebecca is so much demented fun. Cheers, Eric Struthers. That's the closest I could figure out how to say, to represent the way you say Struthers. Um, so Eric uh, texted me this. Um, 
after he heard last week's episode. I'm glad he emailed it in because I do think that's an interesting way. Like the the real pain of the ass of that viewing is like sitting on the couch and getting to that part in Return of the Jedi and being like, all right, I got to pause it right at this. All right, I got to find it. So what would be cool is if like someone could take the video files of all six movies and like paste it together in one long epic ass, you know, 12 hour, 13 hour movie. I don't know this, but I feel like there's a name for that order. I I know, I mean, not in the machete order, but there's another name for it because I feel like I've heard that order somewhere. The one that Eric's talking about? Yeah, the one where you pause at that scene. Really? Uh, You've heard of that um, before? I feel like I have. I could. I I might be misattributing a memory, but I've read about the orders, and I felt like I had come across that. I'll be damned. That's interesting. Because you you basically go through the story of Luke and then right at that point where he's going to take him and he's like, it's too late for me. You go back and you watch all of Vader's story. And then it's a big surprise when Vader turns in the end. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. I mean, it was something I would check out, but man, I don't know if I'm going to put the... I'm lazy. Maybe if I get all the digital versions of the original and prequel trilogies, that would make it a little easier. It takes someone that has your equal level of interest. Okay, you're not going to set Jesse down and watch the machete order mm-hmm. or watch that order. It would have to be you and me. You right. know, like I'd have to have kids that are like, oh my God, can we watch the specific order of Star Wars? And I'd be like, oh yeah, totally. And, you know, it's like um, my wife would hate the shit out of me, but like that's, <laughs> you know, I'd have to have somebody as geekily into it as me to really commit to watching a, a messed up order. Because, you know, luckily, not luckily, but in my family, when I was growing up, we were lucky if we watched two back to back. You know, you like, oh, yeah. usually picked one Star Wars movie. Um, to me, it reminds me of this thing that goes on in the Tool fandom where they take Lateralis and listen to it in different orders. And they have different names like there's the Holy Gift order and there's the such and such order and, and so on and so forth. Like, I don't know. I think... The Fibonacci order. Right, and, and things like that. And I think it's neat. I've listened to them in a couple of ways, but I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, not on the right substances, or maybe not I'm taking not... taking enough strong acid, man. Or maybe I'm not, like, um, deep enough to get it. But, and uh, you know, to me, when I listen to it in that order, it really just comes off as, like, someone's special playlist of that album, specially yeah, arranged somewhat, playlist. Yeah, you know... I don't really get the remix the, cut. the uh the message or whatever it is that I'm supposed to be having beamed into my brain fucking from right. outer space. That's like uh it's like watching it's like watching the Wizard of Oz and the Dark Side of the Moon at the same time. Neat. It was a neat experiment. Not, not groundbreaking like I was expecting. Not <laughs> mind shattering, consciousness altering. Right. All right. N- next up we got an email from our buddy Dave. Hey guys. I'm a relatively new listener for the last few months. Like many, I had to cut... T- oh, wait. This was his email from last week. How did that happen? Here we go. Happy Saturday, Nerf Herders. I enjoyed Solo. For me, it ranks in the middle of the pack of the films. However, for some reason, I have less of a desire to continue to watch it and pick it apart as compared to other Star Wars films upon Blu-ray release. In fact, I find that the movies that I find myself going back to the most are the ones are not the ones I like best. I don't know if it's masochism or a driving desire to understand them better or what. I think it probably has to do with what the films aspire to be. 
The more ambitious and out there the films go, the more I go back, whether I think they succeed or not. How do you? How does your rewatch frequency line up with how much you like each of the movie, movies, or does something else drive you? Dave and South Florida. <coughs> um, I would say sort of my rewatch frequency goes. At least lately, it sort of goes in order of what has just been the the most recent home release. Yeah. So when yeah. the Force Awakens came out on home video. Uh, that movie was damn near the only thing I'd watch. Anytime Jesse would go to work, I'd be like, I'm going to watch The Force Awakens. Mainly because I don't want to drive her crazy with it. You know what I mean? And same yeah. thing with Rogue One. I watched that a ton. Last Jedi, a ton. Now I'm in my solo period where I'm watching Solo a lot. Now once you know I've had them at home for two, three, four months or whatever and I've watched them a ton, that's when other movies start to come into play. So... In between The Last Jedi coming out on home and Solo's release, I had gotten past the stage of only watching The Last Jedi and was starting to get into a sort of Last Jedi or Force Awakens Last Jedi um, swing of things where I'd watch them both. Not necessarily back to back, maybe one one night and the other one the other, you know, the next night. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I do, like, I always end up getting this hair up my ass where I'm like, all right. It's time to do the series. Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. Then I'm going to watch Rogue One. Then I'm going to watch, you know what I'm saying? And like watch Mm -hmm. them all in chronological order. (coughs) And I'll watch Phantom Menace. And it's always when I have a lot, a lot of work to do. So I know I'm going to be sitting on the couch for a while on my laptop. So I'm like, I got a bunch of time. Uh, I don't want to look through Netflix or YouTube or Hulu. It's time to watch some Star Wars. And I'll start on The Phantom Menace. I'll watch Attack of the Clones. Then I'll end up, you know, being done for the night. And then won't pick it up the next night or the next night. You know, the whole marathon deal. And mm-hmm. then a couple of weeks later, I'll be like, damn, I never finished watching through those. I should pick it back up. Well, I can't just pick up re- with Revenge of the Sith. I should start back on The Phantom Menace. So I'll end up watching The Phantom Menace again. Maybe Attack of the Clones. Maybe I'll get to Revenge of the Sith this time. And then something will come up and I won't, you know what I'm saying? And like, it's just this cycle that I go through where I'm overly ambitious about trying to watch fucking 11 Star Wars movies in a, in a couple of days. But one day, one day, one soon. day, one day when you and I have nothing else to do, mm-hmm. we'll get together, which will be never. You and I are always so incredibly busy, but we'll, uh, we'll sit on a porch. We'll pull a big ass TV out on the porch. Oh. And we'll just sit there and burn through them all. I'll have a grill pulled up, oh. and we'll just grill and and burn through all the Star Wars. Dude, on that the porch sounds with like STV. a fucking delight. That sounds Doesn't like it? a delight. <sighs> Man, what, so what's your Star Wars watching habits like? I almost exactly like yours. Uh, I uh, tend to rewatch whatever's most recently come out. So. Within the last two or three years, what I've watched the most has been The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Solo, Rogue One. But uh, before that, it was I would rewatch Empire Strikes Back more than anything. I would watch A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. I don't know why those two. And I would sometimes I'd finish with Return of the Jedi, but there's something magical about the two of those movies back to back. Holy fuck, dude. 
breaking Star Wars news. Breaking news. Posted 10 minutes ago by our good buddy Jason Ward over at MakingStarWars.net. John Favreau's live-action Star Wars television series starts filming next week. First Hell yes, set photos. Last update of September. We have it on good authority that the live-action Star Wars television series begins filming next week. And now we can share with you some exciting photos from one of the filming locations. We will not be disclosing the exact location out of respect for the production. In addition to the location in these photos, we have also learned that some filming will be taking place in a coastal area, so water and or beaches may come into play. The live-action show is rumored to be about Mandalorians after the fall of the Empire, and the series will involve similar locations to Star Wars fans like Mandalore and Tatooine. The story will take place seven years after Return of the Jedi. The new series, which will premiere on Disney's direct-to-consumer streaming service, be the first live-action show for Star Wars and is written and produced by John Favreau. Check out the photos below and stay tuned for more. Holy shit. I'm sending you this link so you can look at the, the pictures. Fuck yeah. Holy shit. I can't believe I just happened to glance down at Twitter and catch this tasty-ass news. Oh my god. Oh, what an exciting Star Wars day. Mmm, delicious. Wow. So the pictures seriously do look like it's supposed to be Tatooine. I'll be damned. Dude, Boba Fett. Right? Like I, I haven't got your text message yet. I'm waiting oh. with baited anticipation. Oh, I sent the I'm an idiot. I sent the link to Jason and he was like, uh yeah, dude, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told you about this. He's like, Yeah, I know. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it? crazy, right? It's the I may have written the story. I wrote the book. Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. Yeah, he was like, uh, yeah, man, uh, I got it. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, my bad. I meant to send that to Will. He was like, yeah, that's something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm awesome, right? Well, you are, buddy. <laughs> Fucking weird. He'd be like, why did he just send me my own damn link? Okay. He was like, pause, you're like, Jason, do you see this? Are you <laughs> reading this? <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, from the pictures, it definitely looks like Tatooine. And, look, I am not trying to get too excited here, but man, it, it deals with Mandalorians and Mandalore after Return of the Jedi. They're on Tatooine. There's got to be something going on with Boba Fett, right? You would think, unless the Mandalorians... Because that means they would be tied in with Jabba somehow. Unless they're totally not and is totally separate. Well, I mean, Jabba's dead at this point. You know, seven years after Return of the Jedi? Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because would you, well, I guess the assumption is Boba Fett made it out of the Sarlacc pit, right? We know that. Well, I don't know that we know that. Do we know that? Not necessarily for sure. I'm just, I'm, whoo, that threw me for a loop certainly does look like Tatooine. It does. 
does. And old Johnny Fav is there on set. Old J Favs. <coughs> okay. Next up, we have. I'm going to try and focus, guys. Pull this across the finish line. Next up, we have Steven. Hey, guys. Just listened to your latest episode and heard you discuss if Kylo will be deemed either like Vader or in some other way. I know how. <clears throat> See, I'm thrown for a loop. I got to. Calm down, Halls. Calm down. You're too excited. You got all rattled. Too excited. Too much caffeine today. Too much good Star Wars news. You just need to calm your tits. Calm your ass down, fella. Calm down. Okay. Although I know that the Lucasfilm writers are far, far more talented than I am, I think it would be pretty difficult to write his redemption in a compelling way. First of all, he has already been offered direct redemption by Rey. They finish their throne room battle, Snoke is dead, and Rey tells him to call off the attack on the Resistance. And he goes, no, I like this whole dark side thing. Second, he is now the supreme leader of the First Order. He doesn't have to self-sacrifice to end the war. He just needs to shut down his military and say, let's try this freedom and democracy thing again. That just doesn't lead to a compelling story, especially as the ending to the trilogy. I'm not against his redemption, and maybe you can throw out some ideas that would make it seem logical. But any way I can see it, I can think it through, make for a pretty crappy two-and-a-half-hour movie. Either... If the same offer as the end of episode 8 and he chooses Ray this time, or he just decides that what the First Order is doing wrong and gives up. On the other hand, I think there are many great stories that could end involving Kylo being defeated and most likely killed. Let me know what you think, Steve. See, buddy, you you pretty much nailed my thoughts on the situation. Is that, like, personally, I can't come up with a great story for Kylo to be redeemed. And I agree with you. He's been given two solid chances in two movies. Han Solo and Rey both offered him a way out. And he rejected both of them. But, you know, more talented writers than, than I are on the job. So, <clears throat> the one thing I'll say is, like, it just seems kind of... And maybe, and you know, and maybe this is what we were talking about earlier. Where... Star Wars has to change and, and can't always be the same. But to me, not having redeemed sort of goes against the central story of Star Wars so far. That doesn't mean that story can't change. So there is a possibility that he does die unredeemed, that he's just defeated. So I don't know, man. That's a tough situation. It, like I said, it is possible that he's just defeated, but it it's a waste of the character. Kind of, I feel like. Yeah, in a in a way, I can see what you're saying. Because if you just need a villain to be defeated, you know, you could have saved Snoke or Hux for the end for that. You know, making Kylo the one. I don't know. I just think he has to be redeemed. But okay, the fact that he is a Solo and a Skywalker of their descent, I feel like he has to be redeemed. Yeah, he has to. Or he leaves the family name sullied. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a good point. I don't know. It's a it's a sticky situation that, like I said, uh, greater minds than I are, are in charge of. So I'm confident. And as in, like, ways to be redeemed. I feel like there's a lot of ways. You know, mainly, to me, giving his life to save Ray. 
or you know yeah, that yeah you know Ray specifically or maybe even the whole rebellion but I don't think he would do it for Ray but then that wouldn't make sense because who would give up an empire to save Ray's life I don't know I don't know see the thing is is Ray may save him physically again in this next movie and and this is just sort of off the top of my head but if there's going to be some sort of conflict between Kylo and Hux in episode nine that we've kind of talked about, like seems like an, an obvious way to go, you know, mm -hmm. they're sort of still butting heads and maybe Hux has some sort of secret project or plan or something be behind his back, behind Kylo's back that he's working on. That's so fucking evil. So fucking destructive that seeing that and seeing what the first order is truly about or something mm -hmm. uh, it breaks its spell over Kylo. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know the road to redemption for Kylo. I just think it is. It's an option that's kind of likely. I, I can't say even one hundred percent likely, but I think it's kind of likely. <clears throat> All right. Now we've got an email. We got two more before we wrap up this evening. Uh, first up, we got our buddy Neil from Chicago. Hey, Halls and Will. So with the statement made by Bob Iger, he obviously was trying to temper the expectations of fans and let us know the release schedule was being slow. He then went on to mention J.J. Abrams and his work on Episode 9, as well as the saga being created by Benioff and Weiss. I was surprised that Ryan Johnson's trilogy was not brought up, especially since the announcement about his new movies was well, of well ahead of Benioff and Weiss. I hope this is not the start of a plan to no longer work with Johnson due to the uproar from The Last Jedi. Anyways, I just wanted to reach out to your guy, you guys and get your thoughts on this, Neil from Chicago. Well, <clears throat> Neil, I would say don't be worried for a few reasons. Because he just kind of brought up D Benioff and Weiss. Um, and in the Hollywood Reporter thing from today about Kathleen Kennedy's contract being extended... They mentioned the Ryan Johnson trilogy and that, you know, he also didn't mention John Favreau's live action show. And mm -hmm. clearly that's still happening. He didn't mention Clone Wars. He didn't mention resistance. So, you know, he didn't go off on, uh, you know, a full list of like, here's everything Star Wars related that we are doing. So I don't think there's any need to read anything extra into that and worry about it. <coughs> What do you think? I agree. All right. <clears throat> Last email for the evening, and that's our buddy Utah Dougie. Hawes and Will. I picked up my copy of Solo this week, and dang, I love that movie. I was watching over all the special features, and it gets to the point where it shows Chewie training and doing stunts. It was a highlight of the night. It was so cool to see Chewing doing all these stunts flying through the air. I could use more of badass Wookiee in future movies. Do you? Did you notice his flying fist punch? What did you think? Utah doggy. Dude, as far as a movie showcasing Chewbacca kicking ass, I don't think it gets any better than Solo. He kicks a lot of ass in that movie. He's definitely right about he that. He does. Yeah, he does. I could handle a whole Wookiee movie. Like, I'm one of the few. Like, I could do... A whole movie in Wookiee, and I know I've said it before how it might get old. It might, but there's so much storytelling you could do without even having to use Wookiee speak at all. You know, like, you can tell a story through body language. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be awesome. 
I like just I would, imagine I would watch a coming of age tale about two about Wookies having to go get their first hunt or you know something. Yeah, look, I'm with you. I would watch the shit out of it, but I could see that being a tough nut to crack. You know what I mean? As right. far as conveying the story properly without dialogue, although. You know, you watch a movie like um, one of maybe my favorite Pixar movie, Wall-E. Look how long that movie goes without a single piece of dialogue. You know what I mean? And it's all done with, like you said, like visual cues, body language, and, and that kind of stuff. So it can be done. Um, yeah, I, I seeing Chewie kick ass on Kessel in Solo like when he's helping those Wookiees break out like it's one of the few times like do you ever see Chewie really kick ass without a gun or a, a bow caster in the other Star Wars movies I don't think you do I don't think so and like talk about my desire for another Solo movie I want more of Chewie kicking ass like yeah. you know I agree yeah <clears throat> Well, I guess that's going to do it for us this night. Um, thanks for recording with me, buddy. Dude, thanks for recording with me. It's been a great Star Wars day, huh? Yeah, man. It's been a yub-nub kind of day. <laughs> for our listeners who like our theme song, please check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Leave us an iTunes review when you have a chance. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, We got a couple of bad ones over the weekend. No big deal. You guys jumped in real quick and helped us out with that. I really appreciate it. What were the bad ones about? And They all came from the same person in the same area of the uk at the same time somebody left like a handful of bad reviews who knows exactly why you know whatever it's somebody's got problems yeah whatever's well that's okay um anyways um yeah so drop us an itunes review if you have a chance it's greatly appreciated uh and remember the your creepy contest Listen to the code word for in episode three. Episode three is coming out soon. That is the episode that's going to have the secret code word. When you hear that word, jump on Twitter and send you creepy a DM with the code word. And if you're one of the first five people to do so, you could win at least a Star Wars Kia D Bro sticker pack. And if you're the first one, you could win the grand prize which is a sticker pack and a t-shirt. So get on that and have a good old time. Anyways, until next week, where hopefully it's just another big old exciting fucking Star Wars melee. I'm Hans Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. <laughs>